What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Meek. With me is Kiev. It was there for the hounds to take, and they let it slip away. We're going to talk about why. Let's go. Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azil cuts inside. With this one, the Lord oh, Steven Dos Santos from James and Mertz. Yes! yes. That joke totally didn't land. As soon as I, was gonna say, I said it, I was like, have you forgotten how to say my name properly, Michael? What is? No, 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 no. That was a suggestion from Steve. Uh, we were going back and forth in the Mongols chat during the game about the uh, one announcer's insistence on over pronunciating Balade oh, yeah. or yeah, Blade, or yeah. like just like, yeah. yeah, like we get it. We get it. You, you brushed up on Duolingo before you started the bar, the broadcast. It is an interesting question though. I think I, I don't know if I've ever heard like Velarde say his name appropriately. I don't know. Like I imagine that's a pretty important thing. If you're an announcer and if that's your profession, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're saying it the way they say, you know, they would pronounce it. And to be honest, I haven't, I haven't done the legwork. We've even interviewed Anthony Velarde, and I like, but so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't think. I mean, we've we said Anthony Velarde, I'm mean, like to him, and he was yeah. like, he didn't correct yeah. us, but yeah. it could be wrong. I don't know. We were watching last night. Um, you know, I, I was gonna say against all odds, but I think that's actually the name of the show, and I didn't mean it in that way. Uh, the behind the scenes of uh, the Tottenham season mm-hmm. with uh, Mourinho. And he made the point of being like, you know, I hate when people call me uh, Jose. He was like, I'm not Argentinian. It's Josie. Like, it's just... And and so he was making a point of, like, introducing himself to all the players and getting the players' names right because he mm-hmm. wanted to pronounce it right because it drives him crazy when he gets it wrong. Um, side tangent to that, I was watching it with the kids, and after the first episode, my oldest turned to me, he was like, man, they use the F-bomb a lot in the show. <laughs> and I kept hearing it, but I kept thinking like, eh, they're like slurring it in an accent. They're not actually hearing it. It's fine. No, they were totally hearing it. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's that's no good. But on the other hand, I'm kind of proud that like my kids don't hear it and just like giggle. Like, <laughs> they're just like, they're mature about it. They're like, okay, that's a word that we know we shouldn't use. And yeah. That's it. So. No, I, I remember people always say like, if you if you watch a player long enough, he'll either do one of three things: he'll spit, yell at the ref, or swear. And those are <laughs> the three options of what players do. So, yep. Speaking of what players do and don't do, the Hounds needed a win, and they didn't get a win. It's um, a really bad transition. I know. I, look, sorry. I'm really critical of your hosting uh, so far. I should stop because you're a much better host than I am. So. Yeah, where's Josh? Can we bring Josh back? Josh <laughs> is much more complimentary of of my efforts here. Uh, look, I go to get a drink and you drink at the same time, so we'd have dead air if we both. Drank. So I <laughs> I waited for you because I was polite. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah. So we needed a win. If we would have beaten Hartford, we would have locked up first place um, in Group F. We would have had a shot to end up with the most points in the East, uh, basically locking up home field through all the playoffs, assuming we make it that far. And we had a shot at locking up first place in the entire league, uh, which again, you know, could have meant the potential of hosting, you know, the USL championship at Highmark Stadium, which would have been crazy, even if, you know, a lot of us couldn't have been there. Yet we end up dropping points one nothing to hartford which was almost like the worst case scenario so 
tons and tons of different takeaways from this game. Kev, I'm going to let you lead us off. Give me a takeaway while I finally take a drink of water. <laughs> finally. Like we've been recording for a half hour. Um, <laughs> I almost got an actual real life spit take out of that one. Um, no, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll get this out of the way. Um, I, I don't, I think... I don't think Hartford were as bad as they've been previously against us. Um, I thought they, they started fairly strong and I think they were, they were doing a lot. They were setting a lot of traps that I think made it more difficult for us to play against them than it has previously. That being said, um, now that I got that out of the way, yeah, we, we absolutely didn't play to the standard that we're used to. Um, it was, I, I mean, a lot of these things, I'm, I'm kind of—I don't want to say I'm pulling at straws here, but what it what it all amounts to. I have, I have various theories on what I think should have been different, or how I think things should have been approached differently. But what it amounts to is, yeah, they just—they didn't get the job done. There wasn't enough movement. There wasn't enough team. I don't teamwork sounds so cliche, but there wasn't enough kind of support around opening up passing lanes for for the player on the ball. Um, and it, it, yeah, it just felt very flat and felt very static, um, from, from the, from the first whistle and, and we never really got going. Um, and especially, I mean, you would, you would want us to see, you would want to see us pile on the pressure, uh, once they go down to 10 men. And I mean, you look, we do, but I mean, yeah, we, we don't, we don't create a ton of chances, a ton of clear cut chances. I mean, that's kind of been an issue for us all season and, um, we've been fairly good at, at uh, taking the chances that we get, um, but but yeah, I mean I, I don't know, I, I, and it, even that's a bit kind of misleading because I feel like in recent games we've we've been better, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you you can say the Loudon game one nil might have been signs of something like this was on the cards, um, but but really it's just these past two games that have just been different. Um, and uh, what a what a bad time for that to happen. Are you concerned? We're we're sort of all over the map already, and that's fine. Are you concerned that these last two games have sort of have potentially exposed us as sort of like the best of the worst versus the best of the best? See, I don't think so. I just because I, I it would be different if if Hartford just maybe raise their game and and we i don't know and and we looked the same i think that 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 would be the difference if we looked like we have been for the majority of the season and hartford just raised their game and started playing like in indy or something or a louisville or whatever and they beat us one nil then fine fair enough then maybe i think those questions start to become valid but i we i our form and, and our general open play has been really good all season. And that's the thing that hasn't really been worried me. I think we've for, for so much, you know, of the last 10 games. Yeah. I mean, it looked like we were a unit. It looked like we, you know, we were def- I mean, come on. We, we haven't let, we let him now one goal in the past, what, six games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, defensively, we've been extremely strong and it's not even in the one goal. We don't give up chances either. Um, I mean, that's, that was like a talk about tangents, but um when you know when Dover gives up the penalty and Hartford, you know, admittedly don't score in the pen- penalty, um, 
I was thinking, like, how many times have, have, have we seen Dover across the entire season? How many times have we seen Dover having to defend in his own 18? Like, never. Like, that never happens. And so it's something like that where it's like, okay, are we suspect there? But, I mean, just to me, it's instead of highlighting, oh, maybe we have deficiencies in, like, defending one-on-one in our own 18, I think the other side of the coin of that is that's how dominant we've been and how good we've been is we haven't even had to defend in our own 18 for, for so long. And I, I, I don't know. I, to me, the, the thing that breaks the argument of it's just because we're playing bad teams. I think if we were, if we just looked, I don't, I don't know. We, we haven't looked average and continued to win. We've looked really, really good and continue to win. And, and I think that's, I'm not selling it. Great, but I th- I think our open play has been good enough to convince me that no, we're a good team playing against bad teams, not just an average team playing against bad teams. So obviously, you know, when the Hounds lose, especially like you said, after going on sort of the tear that they did, and you know, the past two times that we played Hartford, we beat them by a combined score of eight nothing. You know, I think a lot of us came into this game expecting to win. I think a lot of us were excited to win. Um, so. In this scenario, it, uh, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking there was a really good chance that we weren't going to lose again the rest of the season, that we weren't going to be scored against the rest of the season. Justin was adamant that he thought we were going to get scored against and he wanted to see some adversity. And here we are. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with him. But in this particular scenario, when you lose one nothing, when you look so hot and you beat the other team a combined 8 nothing in your previous two meetings, everyone wants to look for for the reason for blame so why why did this happen and lily came out after the fact and put a lot of the blame on himself but there's a lot of discussion that we were having internally about you know yeah you know as a a manager kev you always like to say that you know whenever the hounds lose that's when lily is like most praiseworthy and whenever they win that's when he gets down on them because you want to keep them like even keel but in this scenario when you watch this game do you think that this was this was tactics or do you think this was just more players coming out and and being flat a, a little bit of both i will say um a note on the tactics you know we start in a formation and with a starting 11 that we've seen before and mm-hmm. played and played relatively well with before so this isn't like he's playing Rivera up front and dos santos in center back like this this isn't a huge deviation so from at least from the start tactically i don't think there was a ton wrong and it didn't look like we were doing anything different I mean, same thing i mean you know back you know back three two wing backs and you know our normal it, yeah so in that way it was set up fine i think and as the game went on i mean tactically once once they go down to 10 men um i thought the subs were wrong um i didn't get uh, I mean, for uh, for a good portion of it, Skylar Thomas was playing. Oh no, I, I was going to say Skylar Thomas was playing right back. We we were playing with no recognized right back, and it showed. We had no width on the right side. We and everything was just narrow, narrow, or on the left side with James on, on as like left wing back. So it, things like that, I was just scratching my head where it looked like we ran out of answers and just started praying was all right uh, mark forrest up top sure yeah like Skylar thomas out mark forrest up top no no real recognized plan it was just let's let's just you know get a bunch of people in the box and and throw throw the ball in and 
I think that's that could be frustrating, and I think that's where the tactics got wrong. Um, but at the but at the start, I mean, no, that that's something where we have the personnel and we have the system in place that should have yielded more results. I will say, I don't know. Do you think um, I have a weird relationship as a fan with Dos Santos? I, I think Dos Santos. It's when he plays well, we we tend to win and we tend to look great. But I also think when he plays, it's it almost like like how, how like the result falls on whether or not he shows up. Like it, it almost feels like if if Santos if if when Santos starts and if Santos doesn't play well, then we're we're done. Like and no everyone feels flat and ever. But if you know if he starts and plays well, then sure, like he's he's really hard to play against. And I think that's kind of my biggest issue is I, I have such fond memories of even just like you know. It, in defense, Velarde would play that second striker to hold that position. But then in attack, we would have that fluid four of Velarde, Griffin, James, and Mertz with with Mensah leading the line, and that just that that felt so much more of a of a system uh, of yeah. something where you know players are moving and feeding off of each other and creating chances that way. Whereas with Dos Santos and, and Mensah, or even just a, like when when in possession, having two clearly identifiable you know forwards it just we feel like we start losing uh, a bit of creativity and, and losing a bit of ideas and uh and i think things can go flat there that might be harsh i don't know but that was no just- i i don't think that's harsh at all i mean and i, I fully agree with the, the sentiment that you know when when duba is on he's really really good but it feels mm-hmm. to me like you know duba's bread and butter is very much um he he is the outlet pass, right? He is the outlet pass who gets you up the field, who takes fouls so that you get in positions for set pieces. And he is also available on crosses. But you can tell, first of all, I thought Hartford did a pretty good job of trying, especially early on, of trying to eliminate our midfield. They let us pass around the back all we wanted, but anytime we tried to go yeah. in the midfield, they'd press. Yeah. So that was leaving us having to play long balls over the top to Duba and Mensa. I think that Duba is the better holdup player, but when you start to see Duba dropping back almost as like a deep lying midfielder, that's when we're in trouble. That's where you need instead like Velarde in there, like you said, and you have your midfielder cycling and doing all of that. Um, yeah, L- Lily has shown in the past that he doesn't mind Dos Santos picking up those positions, but I'm I'm with you. I don't like Dos Santos deep. I mean, I think Dos Santos has the technique and ability to play there. I think you know he's for for being painted as the stereotypical target man. He he's 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 better than that. He has more dimensions to his game mm-hmm. than just being a target man. He's pretty good with his feet. He has good vision. He can, he can pick up those positions. I just don't think that's, I don't, I, that's not where I would want him in this system. And well, and I think, I think it's one of those things where if you're, if you're comparing him to other forwards and the role that he plays with the other forwards, yeah, you want him up there. When you compare him to like Ryan James and they're playing the same spot, you're likely going to pick Ryan James. Yeah. So it's, it's not a case of, you know, saying one is necessarily better than the other. It's where you're best suited on the field. And yeah. so if you're going to play deep, then, okay, let's take you out and let's put somebody else like Velarde in there that might be better at playing deep. Going back to your point of um, Hartford cutting out the midfield. Yeah. I thought the two things that hurt us really bad at the beginning of the game, Hartford did a really good job of forcing um, Bunk Anderson and Skylar Thomas 
to be the ones to kind of initiate the chances from the back. Um, they did a really good job with that. And so much so that, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I remember early on in the game, Vonky Zeal essentially just cheaply giving away a pass. I'm like, how many times does that happen? Yeah. Um, so they did that well. And the second thing that we did not do well, I mean, I, we did not press from the front to like well at all. There, there were so many times where, you know, Mensa or Dos Santos would start charging down after a ball and there's just a clear outlet ball right to the side. And you're sprinting for nothing. Like the Hartford player is just going to slide it over. And now you're exposed. Your shape's out of, out of place. And it was all over the place. So there are times where yeah, I think Mertz was on the right side. And Mertz maybe did a, a, a little better of a job to close down the the open outlet ball. But there, there, there were times where both Dos Santos or Menso would try to just immediately close down the person with the ball. with, And it just wasn't. It wasn't smart. In, in that scenario, it would have been much better if we played kind of how Hartford were playing us and just saying, all right, fine, you know, your center backs can have it, but we're going to squeeze your midfield and jump on the press once once you start to initiate that, you know, that part of the field. And yeah, it's, it didn't work. Yeah. I had asked you a moment ago about whether or not you think it was Lily or the players that are mm -hmm. at fault. Looking just purely at numbers, you know, <laughs> one of the things that I, I think was a bit frustrating was um, – it felt like we had so many crosses in this game. And to me, that felt like because so just to put it in perspective, you know, the last five games versus Loudon, we had 14 Hartford. We had 19 Loudon. We had 11 Hartford. We had 10 Red Bulls. We had 15. So an average over the past five games of 13.8 crosses per game. We had 36 crosses in this game. That feels to me intentional. Like you don't jump from 13 to 36. I mean, yes, intentional, but I don't think it was intentional in the way of Lily saying, all right, we're going to cross the ball a lot today. I think it was intentional in the sense that, and this kind of goes back to my point of, I think I made the point weeks ago of, I'm, I was getting worried at the time where through Lily's sideline actions, he wasn't empowering his players to be problem solvers in the field. And I think, and and this is maybe why, we get we have a scenario another scenario where we face an opponent where they go down to ten men and we look flat. Um, I, I think it's when faced with a different shape in front of us and then a different tactical shape of our own. You know, no no clearly identifiable right wing back. No you know no width on that side of the field. I think as players, you know, you're so used to having Lily yell at you of nope, do this, do that, do this, do that, and and you're not. You know, we don't have a ton of like just natural problem solvers out there on the field of saying, no, okay, I know, I see what's happening here. Hartford's exposed here. We have to, we have to do this. And this is what we need to do. Um, so in that sense, I think 36 crosses when you're down to 10 men and Hartford, you know, will clog up the middle naturally um, because that, you know, we're allowing them to do it. We're not creating a ton of width. Um, that feels like the inevitable end goal is you, you get so far at the pitch and you kind of just shrug your shoulders and say, all right, we have, you know, we have tall guys in there, you know, Dos Santos and, and Dikwa and, and, you know, Forrest on the end. And so in, in that sense, it, you know, I don't know. That's that's how I can see how we got there. I, I don't think that was unless and this is where, you know, my my lack of homework shows through unless unless, the you know, half of those crosses came in the first half, which I don't I don't think they did. No, I don't think they did either. Yeah. Um, 
But again, to me, carrying the ball to the corner and constantly crossing it feels more like, you know, the hope and prayer tactic versus like an actual tactic. Yeah. And it's like you said, this is not to knock Mark Forrest, but like at this point after two seasons, it feels like when he gets subbed on, it's either to like either just put pressure on the opposing defense because we're trying to run the game out or because we've got no other options and he's a tall guy that you can just sort of stick in there and hope and pray it goes in. Yeah. Um, and so that just makes it tough. You mentioned, you know, the, the idea that there aren't a lot of players that can just sort of say, I, I understand, I get it. We saw Kenny. Kenny is back. He yeah. He's back from his injury. He came in as a sub. What do you do with Kenny now? Because I think I you have to play him. Like you can't you can't bench Kenny. But at the same time, you look at the different things that the Hounds were able to do with Kenny out. And there are some things that I don't think we ever would have seen if Kenny was in there. I mean, you just you just talked about, you know, the free-flowing midfield setup that was going on and we had the discussion earlier about, you know, we think part of that might have been possible because James was there as the holding mid and because of his speed. So I think it's I think it's a good problem to have because now obviously Lily has multiple ways that he can attack you. None of them sort of came to fruition in this one. But what do you do? I, I think you can still have that. Um, as much as I mean, like I think it's hard to it's it's hard to remember just how good James was at, at left wing back earlier in the season because he's been so incredible in, in the center of, of the midfield. Um for me, I, I'd put him back where where James is, and and put uh, Ryan James back out on left wing back because that also frees up the option of I I like Ray Lee as the left center back, um, you know, and, and in a position I, I like Ray Lee on the ball more than Bunk Anderson. And when Hartford is forcing your center backs to play out with the ball, Ray Lee is a better person to be on, be on the ball than Bunk Anderson. So it's it's things like that. I, I don't think in a in a three man defense. I don't think you need three huge, you know, guys who are just going to head out everything and, and just be big, you know, big bodies. I mean, admittedly, Von Kiesel is never really that player. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, in this game, we saw it again. I, we see the importance of having width in our system, width in general. And, and to have Dover on one side and, and, and James on the other, um, I think would definitely be good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, th to have Forbes back in the middle and um, yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to do as good of a job of covering um, as Ryan James would, but uh, I don't know. To ha I mean, his creativity is um, just so important. So I, that's what I would do. I, I would just, I would allow that to free up Ryan James to go back on, le on left wing back. And, he, and, you know, early in the season, he was incredible there. He's incredible wherever he plays, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I think you have to start him. I mean, he was all USL player. Well, he made the all USL team last year. Um, and uh, yeah, having, having another person on the field that can sort of dictate play the way that we saw, you know, Griffin and, and, you know, even more so Mert sort of step up and show while Kenny was out that they can do as well. Um, I think it'll just be interesting to see, you know, we're going to talk about it in a second here. We have one game left of the regular season and then we're in the playoffs. So we could have two games left to the season. So like now all of a sudden you're introducing Kenny back into a system that sort of had to live without him for so long. 
and you've got to gel over the next game to get ready for the playoffs and hope that everything just clicks back into place again. So it's, it's an interesting, I I don't even want to use the word problem, but it's an interesting situation to be in for Lily to figure out. I think for a lot of people, it's just a no brainer. It's just, you play Kenny, like that's it, but it does give you something to think about and, you know, some other things to play around with, with the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we could, we literally, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, we've already been talking about this game for like 25 minutes. We didn't shoot the ball. We had one shot on target and like, I don't think any against the backup keeper, the cold backup keeper who went in after the first keeper got a red. Yeah. Like, uh, come on guys. Like just, yeah. Especially at home too. I mean, yeah, it, it all, it was a bad day. (laughs) It was a bad day at the office. Um, Yeah. I mean, just to have, I don't know. We didn't really put them under pressure. I mean, there was that one time what we get a, we get a goal rolled off because Ryan James is offside at the end, but, I mean, it, it, from the camera angle, it looked legitimate. But um, yeah, I don't. I have, I have nothing more to say other than that's. Just, it's just not good enough. Um, Got to give a shout out to uh, Vidiello who so- yeah. stops his second PK of the season. Um, and honestly, the goal that that they scored, I don't think he was at fault of at all. It was a it was a bad touch by Bunk Anderson. Guy yeah. broke free. Vidiello came out, put his arm up, and the guy just chipped it over his shoulder. Like he made himself big. There's very little you could do there. So, um, yeah, and I, I, I thought what was really good too was after the PK, you could tell a lot of the players came over and wanted to celebrate with him. And he's like, no, 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 let's go. Like, it's a corner, get back in position. Like, you could tell the guy's head is in the right space. And we've had this conversation. Is it still the case where Lily has two or is it a one and two? And it feels like Vidiello is the one and Gomez is now two. And that's just sort of what it is. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, I will say it is, you know, a little disheartening that we're going to talk all about the numbers and sort of what can happen here over this last week, because we basically have one game left to play Hartford have two. And depending on how certain things fall, we could end up in first place in group F or Hartford can end up in first place in group F. If we end up in second place behind Hartford, it's one of those things where it like, it makes me lose faith in the system because literally we will have played them three times and we beat them twice, outscoring them eight to one. And in the rankings, we come in behind them. Like, I get the reason why you have rankings. It's to try to establish who is actually the better team. But then in practice, this shakes out, and it's like, nope, no, it's not. And I think part of the reason why it's irritating is that if they were only counting group games uh, towards your actual place in the group, then it would be a different scenario. But... The Hounds had to play Louisville and Indy multiple times and, and Hartford didn't. So all games aren't equal. You're not playing the same opponents the same amount of time to get the same points. Some points are harder than others. And so I, look, it's 2020. Like whatever. I, <laughs> I agree with your second point. Um, the first point of like, oh, we beat them by a combined score of eight to one. So we're a better team. I mean, I think last year Wolves beat Man City twice, and I don't think anyone's trying to suggest that Wolves are a better team than Man City um, in the course of the entire season. Jamie Vardy said differently this weekend, but go ahead. <laughs> I know he doesn't play for Wolves. I was just pointing out that Man City lost and Jamie Vardy had a hat trick. Right. Continue. Sorry. Um, but so in that scenario, I mean, yeah, whatever. But but no, you're right. If that, yeah, it is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love how you just gave up on it. I agree with you. I mean, the the second part, the the second part of your argument, yeah, it's. I think it's that's valid. Okay, okay, all right. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about as it relates to this game specifically? I don't think so. We talked about VTLO with the pen. Um, Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I, Uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say our buddy Riverhounds Rabbi posted a pic that uh, Lily was back to Lily's form of sort of ripping the team after the game. I think it was 16 minutes he was on the field after the game was over. So, you know, the other argument to this is that we could have coasted to the playoffs and this might just be like the spark that like, you know what? You think you're good? You're not that good. Like tighten it up and we could be just fine. And and that's just sort of what it is. So I would say that's about the only silver lining to this game. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. I, I, I think I, I think you're I think you're right in that sense of it, this could act as a wake up call of yeah because like if all of us were trying to make an argument of um, you know are we just too good for this group like and, and are we just gonna like walk into the playoffs and then just get woken up by better teams you know. To, to have the wake up call now and, and go into, yeah, go into the playoffs with some cold water being thrown on you. Um, maybe not, maybe not the worst thing in the world, but, but obviously we, we should have, we would have appreciated a win. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's talk a little bit about scenarios here, right? So we only have one game left, as I mentioned, and that's Philly two at Highmark this weekend. One thing that we didn't mention last week because, um, and actually I think the news came out, just after the preview show um, launched with Justin and Steve, uh, Loudon had to cancel the rest of their season uh, because of COVID. And it came out that this came out shortly after the Hounds had played Loudon. So there was a lot of concern on some of these, you know, inner circles where it was like, hopefully everybody on the Hounds is okay. Like we haven't heard anything, but considering that, you know, the tests came back for Loudon shortly after they played the Hounds, it's a little bit concerning, but Loudon has already called it quits for the season. That has nothing to do with our standings. I just figured I'd mention that. Anyway, uh, we got Philly 2 this week at Highmark. We have a shot. Well, we've already talked about that. I was going to say, we had a shot at locking up the top spot in the East, potentially the league. The best we can do now is 34 points. Louisville and Hartford, Hartford can finish with 35. Tampa can finish with 36. So we went from basically being in the driver's seat uh, with the potential to lock up first place in the East. There's now three teams that even if we win, have the potential to to, to win ahead or to take first place in the East ahead of us. Um, you know, if we win and those other teams all lose their games, then we got a shot. But like the odds of that happening are aren't very likely. But talking just Group F, say that we win and Hartford don't win both of their games. That means a win and a draw. Like that's fine. They have to win both of their games. If we win and Hartford don't win both their games. Um, we take first place in the East. If we draw and Hartford gets a win and a loss, then that goes into a tiebreaker scenario where it goes to games one, which we'd be tied on. Then it would go to goal differential, which we'd likely win on. So if we lose and Hartford lose both of their games, then we're in as well. So the long story short is we don't want to go into the playoffs limping. We know we're going into the playoffs. You don't want to go in drawing Philly two or losing the Philly two. Go out and get the win. Pressure's on Hartford at that point, assuming they 
may end up playing at the same time. And Hartford play Philly midweek, so that could also let us know what's going on there. But and they're both away games for Hartford, right? Yeah, and so those those are the scenarios. Um, is you know we win, then we're sort of hoping that Hartford get a win and a draw. If they get two wins, then oh well, we're second place. Um, we could take a look at you know who we could be playing in Group E, whether it's Louisville or St. Louis or any. At this point, I don't care. Like, let's just get our seat. Let's get our standings in Group F, and then we'll figure it out from there. Because um, now it's on us. Before, when we were talking about it, it was very much on what could happen in Group E, and now it's no longer the case. So that's the scenario. Um, you know, Kev, I guess we already talked a little bit about you know best of the worst versus best to the best. Um, are you at all concerned that, you know, when you look at our past two games, I think there was some concern that, you know, we just beat Loudon one, nothing, and we looked pretty terrible doing it. And now we just lost one, nothing to Hartford at home. Um, are you concerned heading into playoffs? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it, it's, it's weird to think, I mean, yeah, the last time I was on the podcast, like we were flying high and yeah. we were going to, you know finished top of the whole freaking league, let alone Eastern Conference or our group. And in two games, you know, it feels different, even though one of the games was a win. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's not great, especially because it's not like, I don't know, it's not like we were creating a lot of chances and Hartford's goalkeeper just, you know, had an incredible game. It's We looked flat, and I don't – I think sometimes that's one of the hardest things to pull yourself out of because you're looking around and you're just – like it's it's hard to identify what's different because like same players, same system. You're not you're not you're not doing a different formation. You're not trying to play a different way, you know. So far into the season, um, and so I'm a little concerned about how they can pull pull themselves out of it. And my yeah, my only hope is that this loss is a shock to the system, and that's that's what in itself pulls them out. But yeah, no, I'm I'm concerned. We talked a little bit. Well, I should say we actually talked a lot this season about the difference between excited to win and nervous to lose. Where are you at heading into oh, this I'm game? I'm definitely play? nervous to lose in this last yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Do you think the players are too? Possibly. You know, I, I, I think... I don't know. I mean, what what did they look like to you? When when we were playing Hartford and, and Hartford were down to 10 men, to me, it, lo- it looked like they were like, ah, oh, crap, ah, oh, crap, like, and and, or, and and not like, yeah, give me the ball. Like, or give me the ball, give me the ball, I got this. Well, and I think, I think also there is the, there was a lot of discussion that we were having, again, sort of amongst the Mongols crew. And I think a lot of us were just like, it, it'll be fine. We're a better team. We're going to score. And then you get to like the 65th minute. Then you get to the 70th minute. Then you get to the 80th minute, and it's like, we're, we're okay. We're a good team. We're going to score. And I wonder how much of that is the mentality of the players, where after it's been so easy for so long, they just sort of assume that the chance is going to come, and then the chance doesn't come. And I, I, I don't know if that's for lack of effort, um, or you just sort of assume like, we beat you combined eight, nothing. The last time we played, you're supposed to roll over. We're the better team. And we're just going to bury three in the last five minutes and we'll be fine. Um, I don't like, it's that thin line. That's true. I I think, I I don't know. I keep trying to, and obviously it's like, you know, universe is 
difference of, of, of levels, but I, I try to keep thinking back to like when I played sports in like high school or whatever. Yeah, no, it's like, I've played teams where it's like, yeah, we smashed you last time. And I, and I, I walk into that game like relaxed as ever and not focused and not concentrated and thinking like, yep, this is going to be one where I can show off to the fans. Like I, you know, I got this. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, you imagine you would hope, but no, they're professionals. And you know what, to be fair, like, I don't know, to be, to be fair, Lily, what Lily has his number of what, like four nil every game. And, and for most of the season, they looked like they were following that and and there was an urgency in, in their play. So I don't want to say that they turned up, but it, it could be a combination of, look, it's a long season, you know, COVID sucks and, and just everything kind of you know, sucks. And just, you know, we beat you guys already. Well, let's, let's just, and so I don't know. It's, it's all speculation, but we look, we, yeah, we looked flat for sure. It's that thin line between confidence, confidence and cockiness, right? Like that's that's sort of where we were creeping up on it. And I think if that's the case, if the guys had that sort of cocky chip on their shoulder, then I think that this loss right now could have been the best thing to happen to them because the <laughs> the last thing you want is to coast into the playoffs and go up against you know Louisville thinking that you are the shiznit. And then Louisville goes, oh, wait, we're Louisville. Like, see you later. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's your ticket home. But I will say we, we might be overlooking how well Hartford set up. I, I, I didn't pay close attention to what Hartford were doing differently in this game versus the previous games. But I, I, I have to think that they were doing stuff differently. I mean, like we've already talked about setting the traps in the midfield. Oh, yeah, um, for sure you know, putting the pressure on the center backs and it, like visually it looked, I, I could see the effect it was having on the likes of Bunk Anderson, Bunk Ezeal and, and Thomas. So this could be a scenario where, you know, the team talk before the game, it's, I know, <laughs> I know we moved past the game and now we're talking about it's the game. Fine. It's fine. It's um, fine. But the, the, you know, the team talk before the game is, all right, guys, you know what they're going to do. You know, you know what is effective against them. And then they come out and give us a different look and, you know, we're so used to just playing in a certain way and, and we get stifled and, you know, we start to get worried and frustrated and, you know, it, the, the snowball starts growing down the hill. But no, I look, yeah. I mean, Hartford came in and you could tell from minute one, they knew they needed a one nothing win. That was that was the only way that they were going to stay in the race for first place was a one nothing win. So they locked it down. They said, come and beat us. We're going to hit you on the counter. We're going to break up your midfield and cause you to play long balls over the top, but we're just going to try to always win the second ball and disrupt your play so you can't just dink and dunk around us. And and it was a hope and prayer. And their prayer came true. So I think the other thing is, is that we sort of look around Group F, and I think that many of us, myself included, just sort of discount every other team because they're not Louisville, they're not Indy, they're not Tampa. Is there a chance that Hartford are decent? Like, you know, yeah. if, if if we were playing, you know, the full Eastern Conference, is there a chance that Hartford are sixth or seventh? Yeah, there's a shot. Yeah, I mean, they, sure. they've, they've done some things. So, like, because we embarrassed them early on, they learned from their mistakes and they did well. 
Um, I think it's just that as fans of the home team, you always want them to sort of supersede, like, oh, give us your best shot, and we're still going to beat your best shot. And this was a case where we didn't beat Hartford's best shot. And so, yeah, you know, good on them. Um, that being said, Indy did beat them 4-1, but yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm just saying, like... It's, <laughs> but I think Indy would be high at the table, too, so it's not like, you know... Right. We beat them 5-0, so... Exactly. So um, let, let that be the last word about us versus Hartford is we beat them five now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, happy days. Um, so, Kev, we have one more game left to the regular season, which I honestly didn't think we'd make it this far. I thought cases like Loudon would start popping up all over the place. And that would be, and I mean, there, there have literally, we talked about it on the last show. There have been games out West where they basically said like, we're not going to reschedule this unless it has some, you know, some impact on the actual final standings. Cause like, it's just not that important. Um, so we made it to the final game of the season. We're playing Philly. Philly's last three games were a 3 nothing loss to Hartford, a 1-1 draw to Hartford, and a 5-4 loss to Red Bulls. So Philly can score. They are going to have a midweek game on Wednesday against Hartford. So they're going to come in with tired legs, which is something else that I meant to point out. Hartford had a midweek game before coming to us, so they should have been tired. But anyway, regardless. When we go into this game, you've already said that you are... Um, you are nervous to lose versus excited to win. Mm-hmm. If the Hounds beat Philly five nothing, are all sins forgiven? Are are we back to like the team of like we're amazing? Nobody's gonna touch us. Come on, Louis, bring it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, no hesitation. I, I, honestly, I honestly think if if we react in that way. Yes, it, it to me it's all right as a blip. Like forget it. Like there's no no reason to dwell on it and we're out of the rut that we quickly jumped in. And but if we let's say we lose or draw or or win like 1-0 with creating one chance or just like by a penalty. Then no, yeah, of course. Like it's it's in the man, it's in the manner of how we perform um that's that's really it is if we can create a lot of chances and if we look strong and stout defensively and and players are moving off the ball and and you know we're back to to looking like what we did in in the middle part of the season then sure yeah all sins are forgiven for sure um but because yeah this isn't this is this is a two-game stretch at this point of, of us looking shaky and you know this isn't all season I'm going to give you one more scenario because you were very eager to say yes on that one. Let's say that it's just more fun to do that. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. Let's say that Philly lose to Hartford two nothing. And then we beat them one nothing on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But we look good doing it. Is there any, is, is there, is there any part of you that is like, yeah, we look good doing it. But we just beat Philly one nothing, and we should have had more. I mean, I'm still on the side of being confident about this team in that scenario. Okay. Um, because I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm just, I keep going back to let, let's see even, well, no, because I, I think the point of this is to get momentum in the right direction at the end of the season, not necessarily even to hit the heights that we did. I think the important thing is that to get momentum pointed back in the right direction, because even, even if we look shaky across these three games, there's more games where we, we've looked good in mm -hmm. over the course of the entire season. I think the body of work over the course of the entire season is impressive. I think our, our class as a team is impressive. Our form right now is a little shaky. And I think if we, if we can just nudge our way out of the form, not, not a huge nudge, not an explosive 5-0 nudge, but if we can nudge our way out of this form, I think then, then, yeah, I think we return back to the mentality we were at in the middle part of the season. All right, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, do the Hounds win this weekend? Yeah, I think I think we do. Two, does Hartford not win against Philly and Red Bulls? Probably. They probably don't get six points. But um I don't know. It's it's I mean, it's I, I'd love to see the mentality of the Hartford players right now. Because after all season of saying, you know, it's not in your hands anymore. It's, you know, this great Riverhounds team that's going to go on. And, you know, and now they're in the driver's seat. They, they control their destiny. And they have two away games. Um, and, you know, Red Bulls have played them pretty hard in over the course of their entire season. So, you know, it, if there was a question about maybe something getting to us mentally, um, there could be something now getting to Hartford. But, um I don't know. On paper, no, I, they don't win both games. But um, you know, they what? They've won their last four, um, so they're in form. I think it'll be tight. It'll be very tight. I think the Hounds win. I think that Hartford. See, here's here's the other here's the other thing that plays into it. Hartford plays. Um, uh, Philly on Wednesday and then Hartford plays the Red Bulls on Sunday so they will know the result of our game and whether or not they need a win or a draw no because a draw won't do it they have to win if, um, we, win. if we win and so the Red Bulls Red Bulls also well no never mind as I say the Red Bulls are supposed to have a game midweek against Loudon, but that's been cancelled so they have a full week they just beat Philly 5-4 to four. So we know they can score. Oh man, that's gonna be a game to watch. My, my only worry is, you know, the the only teams left to have anything to play for are us and Hartford. So, yeah, I mean, I I think the only argument against that is at this point, I would rather be on a two team in that scenario than a team that isn't a two team because I would feel like not yeah. that my spot is more secure, but I'm still trying to play to impress the MLS side because my thought is, is like, you know, I want to show them that even when it didn't matter, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to play all of that. So plus I will say I, I've, I always say um, I'd rather have the points than the games in hand. So I'd, I'd rather, you know, even though they they control their own destiny, um, generally I always take the position that the Hounds are in rather than Hartford. Generally, well, I'm, uh, I'm covering my butt, and there could be. A I, know. Scenario, but... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. 
Uh, all right. Well, um, we talked about a ton here. Um, and we didn't mention at all that I'm wearing a Villa hat and you're wearing a Liverpool hat. We'll get to that. Maybe in the after show, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, we'll plan. Yeah. So, um, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Like I said, one more game left to this incredible season, all things considered. Yes, the last game was a bit of a downer, but you can't take away sort of the the other highs that we've had all season long. So uh, definitely worth checking out, obviously. And like I said, let us know what you think about this one. Thank you, everybody, for listening as always. Um, you know, if you want to check out this after show that I just mentioned or any of the previous average shows where we talk about all sorts of crazy stuff, head over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. It's $1 a month. You get all those after shows um, plus some other cool stuff. So go check it out, mongols.com, support the show. Weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Go get the Steel Army shirt. Love Pittsburgh, hate racism. Black Lives Matter over at steelarmy.com. Your weekly reminder to wear your damn mask. I'm not, I, I'm, I, I might just say that like forever. I'm just like, I forget who I was talking to. Um, it was somebody out here, but they have a friend who is from Japan. This is a total tangent. I know I'm supposed to be wrapping this up. I apologize. They have a friend who's from Japan and they don't understand what's going on here because culturally in Japan, if you have a cough or you think you're sick, but you're not sick enough to stay home from school or work, you wear a mask. And you do it to protect other people. It's just commonplace. It's common courtesy that I might be sick. I don't want to get you sick. So I'm going to wear a mask. So just like assume that you might be sick and wear. Okay. Anyway. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Big thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier, USL, MLS, and US soccer, and custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. <laughs>